Hey guys, and welcome to Sounds Like NYC episode 63. Our next guest is Aaron Mays. You can find him on Instagram at goddamn underscore ace. Please welcome. Yay. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for coming on. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah so, so what do you do? Because we couldn't think of a proper title to give you. Right, I, I can't think of a proper title either, but just... Um, I used to work at Legacy Records Restaurant, a delicious hospitality group in uh, Midtown. And through COVID, everything got, you know, scrapped. Restaurants are closed. And I just thought, like, you know, what can I do for myself to get myself, keep myself in the hospitality industry? Because the goal is to be, like, an owner, um, just a major figure in the industry, Mm -hmm. like, kind of like a Danny Meyer, but, like, cooler. (laughs) And um, so I'm thinking to myself, what can I do? How can I keep myself relevant? I want to talk about food. I want to... I want to drink, and I also just want to kind of do something for myself. Right. So I figured um, one thing I was interested in was ramen. I was like dollar ramen. Like mm. started off just doing like a couple bags, couple things, and then people are like, "Oh, this is actually pretty cool." Like you're reviewing it like as if it was a eleven dollar bowl of ramen, but it's yeah. just something <laughs> I can afford. So like, okay, let me do that. So I guess ended up being like a content creator out of yeah. nowhere, but mm-hmm. lightly using the term because I'm not as like into it as everybody else. Right. And then um, I got this idea from talking to some of my friends about, um, you know, drinking IPAs. And I was like, brothers like me don't really drink IPAs because <laughs> they're not really enjoyable. They're too bitter. Like yeah. I want something like lighter or brighter. So it's like, you know, fuck it. Let's find something that figures out both. Right. So me and another friend in that group chat were thinking about, okay, how can we do this? What can we do? Like, oh, African fruits. Okay, oh, we looked it up, Marula. Then got the chit chat, and I was like, I want to make a beer now. Mm. Just out of nowhere. I was like, let's make a beer. <laughs> so I just went through all the list of brewers in um, New York City because I thought I had connect contacts through other half brewing, threes brewing, but they're actually really hard to talk to because I'm nobody. Scrolled down, found Celeste Beattie from the Harlem Brewing Company, and she was like, yeah, I love this idea. Wow. Boom. So she was like, okay what you got, let's do this, let's do that. And all of a sudden, like, we launched the whole beer project. I got logos, we found a connection in South Africa, which mm. is really tough to get fruit from South Africa. Had really? no idea, yeah. Why? I have no idea. I don't know what the, <laughs> I, it must just be like an American connection thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They really weren't getting down with us. Like, Switzerland got samples, everybody else got samples, but like America, they're like, oh, it's they really tough. They don't want us stupid Americans to ruin their uh, fruit. <laughs> Exactly. They're like, we do not want it to hit the market in America because if they catch on, who knows? We're too yeah. expensive. And then they're going to raid us and like, it's, <laughs> we're back, we're back 600 years in the past. <laughs> so, it's no more oil. Get the fruit. <laughs> right. Whoa. And then, um, while working at the restaurant, actually, um, this is like a whole year ago, and mm-hmm. I went to the, uh, the chef because I had an idea, like, let's do a podcast. Like, because we talked every day in our meetings before service about what we're going to do for the day, what what new dish, what new ingredient, some like educational background. And I was like, wow, this is really, really fucking cool. Like, why doesn't everybody else know about it? Because people will come in and ask me these questions. I'm like, dang, are you stupid? It was like, no way. I used, <laughs> I used to be you. I used to not know these things. So I was like, okay, I feel like more people should know about it in a more like casual, professional way. You don't have to be in a restaurant to know about these certain items mm-hmm. and, and make it sound cool. So we came up with an idea that's supposed to be like, you know, a three-course meal podcast, asking you questions with, you know, sitting at the table, cameras, all that good stuff. Then COVID happened, boom, scrap the project. Then Black Lives Matter happens, and, you know, I get an email saying, hey, let's pick it back up. So we got picked back up, then we had to restructure everything, and then now we have the Hot Plates and Grace podcast. Nice. And so, like, yeah, I guess podcaster, content creator, ramen reviewer. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the title. 
after a super long explanation. <laughs> That's the perfect, you know, trifecta right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, put that on your business card and sell it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but speaking though. of kind of like um, one of those three hats that you're wearing, what? As long as it's not ramen, like I said, I don't, I don't need you talking about. <laughs> I just can I just ask you why specifically, like what fascinates you about ramen? Well, because I was a kid, um, that was a struggle food. You know, yep, you, yep, yeah. your mom wouldn't really want to get you the, you know, bag of pizza rolls, but I knew I can get a cup of ramen. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of means more to me to be able to be in New York and have access to such better ramen mm -hmm. and having a budget for myself. Let's say I am struggling. I got like 30 bucks left. I could spend three bucks on a delicious cup of ramen. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like nobody really knows about it unless you are of that descent. Mm -hmm. So before I even did it, I consulted a lot of friends. I was like, can I do this? Is this okay? Uh -huh. Am I like appropriating? They're like, no, because everybody can afford this. Yeah, it's right. it's an everybody kind of food. It was meant to save hunger, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, after Japan, yeah. World War II, they got you know, a nuke got dropped on them. They yeah. had a food shortage mm -hmm. and ramen to save the day. So it's like, if it saved your day as a kid, it can save everybody else's day. So it's fine. Just make sure when you're talking about it, be correct and where it's from, mm -hmm. and like don't say it's Japanese noodle if the noodles come from Korea. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. that's disrespect. <laughs> so in the series I'm doing now, it's only Japanese noodles. Mm -hmm. The research has been done to like every pack that I'm doing is from Japan. Mm. making sure like even if it's sold in hong kong mainly it's maybe popular in there but it comes from japan right mm -hmm. and like whatever series i do will be like in honor or like paying homage to the culture as opposed to just mm -hmm. like let me try to make some money off this like, hey I, I just discovered this new rom that shit gets me tired especially like with, with transplants just like coming in to like you know my fucking city and telling me what is and what isn't thing like they, they, they feel like they own the place. This is like the second time I've talked about this. But yeah, it, it is. Just you just have me. a vendetta. Yeah, I, it no, I feel it. Yeah, 100%. it just annoys me. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever met like, like, how, how, like how would you define that? Like a transplant? Like, I don't know. Because I don't think I've ever met people like that. Or maybe I have, but I just don't realize that they are transplants. I don't maybe, know. Like what, what, do you, what do you think? What pops up in your head when you think of a transplant? Uh, when I think of somebody from the Midwest who comes to <laughs> Brooklyn and they complain. They're just like, us oh, to this, us oh, to that. I just wish it was like this. I wish it was like that. And I was like, well, too bad. Like, yeah. yeah. This has been here before you. This is this will be here without you. Mm -hmm. If you chose to move here, suck it up. Like, if the streets have a little too much trash, okay, that's what it is. Like, don't come in here trying to change all this shit up just because you think it's... Like, you are one person in a whole city full of people. Like, 13 million people. How does your one opinion overvalue everybody else's? Yep. Mm -hmm. Like you see this community has been working and moving and grooving and it seems to be fine, but why if all of a sudden you walk in, now you want change? Now you be out, go, go back to where you were. That's, where, that's what you're used to, stay there then. Mm -hmm. Don't come here and bring that over here because there's a whole culture. Yeah. When I got here, I was like, okay, let me just sit back, listen, and like not do too much. Yeah. Let mm -hmm. people guide me, show me where I can go. I'm not just going to pop up in a neighborhood and just be like, I'm here now. Uh, can you calm down? Call my landlord. Oh, my neighbors are too loud. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, you know how like that really like gets me, especially with food too. Yeah. Walk into a restaurant and it's great food, like a Jamaican spot. Yeah, mm -hmm. great Jamaican food. And all of a sudden, this person walks in. They're like, oh, is there vegan food? Like, is there? Like, <laughs> do you have like a QR code menu? And you're like, no, the menu's right here. This is all we got. Yeah, we don't have. We don't see it. You don't buy it. Oh, people are so rude here. So they don't go. And they tell their friends, oh, don't go, don't go. But like, I walk in, I love it. Yeah, I course. want you to be rude to me in the Jamaican spot. If you don't suck your teeth when I walk up to the counter, I don't want it. So it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Don't greet me. <laughs> if I walk in and you greet me, hi, sir, I'm like, 360. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, 
speaking of which, like, what has been the worst restaurant experience that you've had in the city? Oh, my if God. If you don't mind calling people <laughs> out. Oh, man. Worst experience? I mean, I hate to come at it from a snobby point of view because certain places you go to and they really get talked up. Mm-hmm. Like, there was this one restaurant called Electric Lemon. It was in the Equinox Hotel. Mm. I mean, you walked in. And Sounds it was so bougie already. Bougie. And it was sexy. <laughs> like, everything about it was, like, even the, the waitresses wearing, like, like kimonos. And, like, they were just, everybody's walking around sexy as hell. And, like, I couldn't get a drink. I couldn't get my meal. It was, like, the server comes up, and he's just asking me questions. And they're kind of just, like, quick. Like, boom, boom. You ready for this? Ready for that? Ready for this? Ready for that? Ready for this? I'm like, dang, you can't approach me on some what's up. Like, <laughs> you looking good. You can't approach me like you're cool. Like, can I get it's you something bougie, to drink? My yeah, it was like really horrible. So I ordered a drink. It takes 10 minutes to get there. But like me, where I come from, the restaurant, like two minutes at the maximum. There's like right. a time frame on every little thing that mm. you do. People are willing to wait for. Like me, since I know it, I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, okay, it's 10 minutes. I'm waiting for one drink. It's a three part drink. <laughs> what could they be doing are they distilling the liquor themselves like yeah. I'm kind of lost and like the food comes out and you, all these waiting and all this just like stacks up and you eat the food and you're like man like they're not even delivering the ambiance style nothing it's like you leave out. I ordered a tea at the end of the day at the end of the service I'm expecting okay the tea how can you take so long to get tea what do you know 10 minutes for tea I'm just like oh my god get the check and next thing they swipe the check in a minute <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I'm like, how do you do that? Like, I've been sitting here waiting for everything. When it's time to pay, all of a sudden, you're like, there you go, get out. It's like, did you want me here in the first place? Like, mm-hmm. I made a reservation. You, you knew I was coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you planned for this. I know you had a meeting saying who's going to be, like, blows my mind. Like, yeah. that was by far the worst. Because they did so much to get me in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just shadow my face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Wow. So, like, conversely, what has been the best? Um, restaurant experience that uh, you've had in the city? Oh, that's even even crazier to say. I would say uh, Blue Ribbon on Spring Street. They're open until mm. 4 a.m. Mm. So What kind of food do they make? Uh, it's a, I'm going to botch the word, but it's a brasserie, brassiere, however you say it in Brazilian French. Brazilian? No, nah, not Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> you think he botched the word that bad? He couldn't nah, say nah. Brazilian? I don't know, man. It's like, like brasserie, if you were to read it on, on text, but it's like pronounced like Brazilian. Do you know what a country like is? What, what? Is that like a specific country? No, no, it's just a certain style of service, like French style of service. Okay, cool, cool. Oh. But it's not as French as you may seem. It's kind of like a seafood raw bar mixed with like wine bar mixed with, mm. it's just like a bougie place. You can get white tablecloth service until 4 a.m. Huh. Okay, yeah. And they have like impeccable service. Like you walk in after, let's say I worked a day until like 1230. Yeah. Um, I get off and like everything is closed, obviously, except for a bar. There's great bar food too, but I want to sit, I want to get a meal. Mm. I go to this blue ribbon spot. I get sat down. And they literally like white tablecloth, ask mm-hmm. me all the good, you know, boom, judging me up, making me feel great. Wine service, all the wine's cheap as hell. Like great bottles of wine for like 50 bucks. Usually it's like every bottle is over 60 bucks in mm-hmm. New York. Courses, like they do everything perfect. And you're just like, this is a, oh, you're open till 4 a.m. doing this. <laughs> Usually these places, these establishments are only closed at like 11. Like last week, they super like, we get home before 12 type of restaurants. Right. But just going there like every single time is the best experience. Can't even bring it down to just one. I just know every time I go there, I'm getting that every single time, mm-hmm. aimlessly. Wow. Oh, expensive? No, really? No, it's not that expensive at all. Huh. It's it's not, it's cheap enough for somebody like me on tips, getting getting paid tips, can can eat there. On a weekly basis. Well, it depends where you're getting tips from. It could be like a real place <laughs> where you get tips. Could be from Uber. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, touche. There's definitely yeah. some places with price points. The tips mean. The tips are higher for sure. I've, on average, 
Gotcha. If there's a you know two fifty for a two top, you're getting fifty bucks off that table. Wow. Every, huh. Like pretty much every time. And if you do well, you're getting sixty, seventy. So imagine when it gets down to like you're running checks for fourteen thousand. Like Mary Kay came in one time to a restaurant and they dropped thirty two. No way. And then tipped eight. That's <laughs> crazy. Wait, wait but the, so wow. Yeah. It was and it was like effortless. Yo, bro, we're in the wrong business. <laughs> dude, I know, dude. No waiters in New York City. No, it's gotta be like, tough to be a waiter. Yeah. But it, it's high pressure though because yeah. people are like they're wearing expensive shit. Get one mm. drop, but we got things with sauce, greens, reds, yeah. like you said have a fucky day up. No dry cleaner can <laughs> fix this. Yeah. You so know? you can't be light on your feet basically. No. Mm. You gotta be quick, fast, but nimble. It's so weird. You gotta be able to move like a crazy person, but then as soon as you get to the table, just Oh, dude. Real smooth, real soft. Like it, like they didn't notice you were sweating, but yeah. you're 100% sweating. Like a duck. Yeah, you're... St- <laughs> <laughs> like a duck. Yeah. yeah, like calm above the water, but... Yeah. 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 That's, a, that's a good analogy. I like that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, do you want to take a break here? Or? Yeah, I think we take a break. Maybe like plug in a little bit of like a ramen review yeah, or something. Like, What's been your favorite ramen review that we could just put in like a 30-second bumper for? Oh, the best ramen review that I've done myself? Yeah, like your most favorite so far. Oh, wow. It was the uh, Nissan Demaye ramen, the black garlic oil. Mm. That one was crazy. It comes in a bag. I think it's like $1.50. And it has a black garlic oil that you like. When you finish it, you put it on. I'm telling you, it takes the flavor up like... like, I literally, first bite was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, every other bite is like two or three. Yeah. But this one, first bite, every single bite after that. I finished the bowl. Usually I don't finish them for my health. Right. <laughs> but this one, this one is for, like, to, to this day, you see me, like, already. <laughs> like, and how much is it? How much is it? $1.50. That's fucking crazy. Nuts. Like, it makes no sense. Matcha rounds, like, 75 cents. Spend 50 cents more <laughs> and, get, and get you a better bag yeah. right. of ramen. Queens all day. And the H Mart in uh, mm-hmm. Manhattan, Chinatown as well. Cool. That's awesome. where you find those gems. Awesome, awesome. Play it. And on this week's episode of the Foodie Trials, I'm trying your pick once again. And we're gonna get started as usual. Always good to break it up. Just helps it cook a little more evenly. Let's get a taste of that. That's so weird. Really weird. There's like a soy sauce flavor to it. Those noodles, as always, delicious. I'm gonna give that a 9.8. That was an excellent bag. And I'm gonna score that a 9.75. The broth itself, even though it was loaded with sodium, didn't quite taste like it, so therefore I really appreciate that because all around, it was superb. Thank you for stopping by, and I'll catch you next week. Peace. So, uh, hey guys, welcome back to this episode of Sounds Like NYC. Um, what were we talking about before? Uh, Blue Ribbon. That's the restaurant he's had. Okay, cool, cool, yes. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so... Let's talk about, wait, so do you have like, so how long, okay, so let's talk about kind of like your journey from your hometown to like New York City and how you found your like footing when you first came here. Oh, yeah, that's actually pretty kind of easy because um, my whole family's from New York, from, oh, cool, out, from cool, Mount cool. Vernon, and uh, especially like a lot of Queens, Long Island as well. Mm-hmm. So I've always 
kind of was drawn to the city regardless. I was here every three months as a kid. And um, I was working in a restaurant in Virginia, in Virginia Beach. I was working for this Turkish lady. And um, I was only 22 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was just doing all these, actually maybe 24. And I was just doing all these events and kind of boosting up her failing restaurant. Um, and then so she noticed, she was like, hey, you're doing a really good job at this to have really never done this before. It's like, you need to go where I went. You need to go to New York. Oh. She's like, when I first came here, I went to New York and like I learned everything up there and it translated. Now I can do anything anywhere. Because yeah. like, I'm like, learn from the best. Now I'm one of the best. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's yeah. cool. So I took the journey and I t- accepted a challenge and then went to the Institute of Culinary Education in, um, in Brookfield Place, okay. right next to World Trade. And I took the uh, business management program. And from there, I went to this job fair, and then I got hired at um, DHG, and I was working at Legacy Records. And that yeah. place really opened up a lot for me, because I was working with the World's Best Sommelier, the cocktail program was by Jeff Bell, um, Best Cocktails, and Arvid Rosengren had the wine program. Then we have uh, Chef Ryan Hardy, who's executive chef for um, Charlie Bird, Pasquale Jones, all these great restaurants. And then he was also private chefing for Jay-Z and Beyonce every now and then. Wow. So having, like, at the time, I was really interested in music and, like, trying to be trying to somehow bleed into the music world because one of my mm-hmm. good homies works in the music world as well so being in there i had okay i had the hip-hop influence and i had restaurants i was like i'm getting everything i want no other restaurant no other place in the city is doing this right. so i just like dug my feet in started off as a buster runner just pretty much just wiping tables and running food and eventually like i was like i need more i need more i want to go higher i need to go higher i need to go higher because i was watching everybody in this room that i was i was in this room full of great people mm-hmm. and i was like okay i'm i can get a seat let me get a seat at that table because right now i'm on the outside looking through the window how do I get to my seat in this table? So I was asking questions. How do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do this? And then eventually people start listening to you and they start putting you on that path. They're like, here, talk to this person, talk to that person. Right. And next thing you know, I have like a little bit of knowledge from everything, a little bit of wine knowledge, a little bit of cocktail knowledge, a bit of food knowledge. And so that now I'm able to like figure out where I want to go with it. Mm-hmm. And so having this podcast um, with the hot plates and grapes, I can speak about the hospitality industry and food, but also I can drink wine. Right. So I'm satisfying that niche for my like food and beverage. Mm-hmm. Then I'm making that beer and that crosses me into like the bar world. So, I mean, I can't go into liquor yet because that's a whole other beast. So, like mm. beer, you can just, you know, throw everything into a pot and just <laughs> hope it tastes good. Yeah. You know, yeah. With liquor, it's like familial, almost like a village type thing mm. when it comes to wine. So, and like, now here I am now pretty much. Like, mm-hmm. just, and the people I have in my contacts, it's all because of this lady who said, go to New York. And I did it, listen, and just every door that opened, I walked through. If I saw a closed door, I was just like, okay, next, next, next hallway. Like, just kept going, kept going. Everything just kept opening up. Mm-hmm. And now I have this network of people, and I feel like I'm kind of deeper in the industry than I ever was from, from working now to being, mm-hmm. like, kind of like a, a figure, so to say, yeah. on, the, on the visual side. So, yeah, it's been quite a journey. It's been over two years doing this. Wow. Just in the city, at least. i say six years total in the hospitality. Wow. But that's nothing compared to those who've been at it since they were, like, 14, yeah. working in pizza yeah. shops, you yeah, know, yeah, dishwashers. Yeah. Now they're 30 under 30, like, that's their role. Like, so I'm way behind in a world that people who've just been doing this their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, is it, so it's like culinary school. Um, I guess you studied more like kind of like kind of like the business side, but yeah. like, is it kind of like you know stuff like Master Chef? Like, is it really from you know your experience? Like, how high pressure is like studying you know cul- you know culinary school it's um the pressure is kind of just on your on yourself mm-hmm. how big you want to be if you want to be small you can be small if you want right. to be big then that's when the pressure comes on because now you're accepting more of a challenge like i say you want to have the elite wine service best glassware on the table the best design best everything best 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 you're going to face a lot of 
like scrutiny, a lot mm -hmm. of pressure. A lot mm -hmm. of people are going to be looking at you because you want to be the best. But if you just want to have a taco truck in the Lower East Side, everybody's like, great, have a taco truck. They're not really <laughs> going to look at you. They're right. like, well, it tastes good, it's fine, but they're kind of off the radar mm -hmm. because you go from like 11 Madison Park, which was um, number world's best, like number one out of, there's a 50 best competition. They were number one. They didn't win number one like a couple, couple years after that, but they're still seen as number one. So they have to provide all this, all this. So the pressure is on. So those who were learning from them, it's like, okay, I want to be that, but you got to be willing to accept a lot of failure and a lot of st this stuff on the road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even in school, you're connecting people. You tell people your idea. They can shoot you down immediately. Like I've said my idea, which was like a regular just kind of hole-in-the-wall spot. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, eh. Like they really <laughs> would not even listen to you. But if, it, if it's good, more, more eyes will get on to you. Okay, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? Mm -hmm. And if you kind of drop the ball on your next plan, they'd be like, all right, never mind. So like that quick. It's really tough to have like a money idea that everybody can get down with and behind and yeah. support you because you can't do it on your own. You're a sole proprietor. Right. You have an idea, but you will not get anywhere unless you have at least five people mm -hmm. helping that vision come into line. So it sounds like you got to be really, really determined and like focused mm -hmm. on yeah. what you want to, to yeah. make it in this business. I pretty much call it like, I, I try to compare it to sports because there is a uh, people who are like in training, like young, let's say AAU level, mm -hmm. and they're trying to get to the professional level. That's like working in a high-end restaurant. Now you're in college. And then just go, you go to management. Now you're like a real pro because you've skipped, like you've done all the positions. Now you're managing people in other positions mm -hmm. who are less, like you're the best player. You're LeBron James as a manager. Mm -hmm. And everybody else is like Booby Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody's good. So it's up to you to keep that going. So that's why when you see managers getting a lot of praise for these great restaurants, is because they managed to take a pool of people who aren't good Right. And then translate that vision to where you notice, like, oh, these guys are great. Everybody's good, but they may not may not be as good. So, so it's like a coach position, basically. Pretty much. Say, yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. But yeah. it, it's real tough to come to those ranks because you gotta like literally be there, prove yourself, like five mm -hmm. days a week. You can't be part time in on this. Mm -hmm. Like it's like when you make it, you're pro. Pretty much, you're a pro, and you gotta show up every day. Yeah. It's people who work seven days a week, twelve hour shifts in the industry to this day, and like. I'm like, how are you doing it? I'm on four, day four, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm only working like 35 hours a week, but it's like a certain drive once you get there. It keeps you going. Like, And once you're in it, you're in it. Yeah. Gotcha. What about food specifically inspires you? The love behind it. Mm. It's, it's mainly that. Like, I appreciate how most the industry is not for the dollar bill. A lot of people go into work to make money. To, right. they, work, they go to you know grow whatever value they have. Mm -hmm. Some people go into the restaurant industry just because they want to serve people good food. And you can, you can taste that. Like, even my executive chef, yes, yes, he's made money. Yes, he's accomplished a lot, but that just comes with the territory. Right. You know, if you're good at what you do, but you can still put that love on the table, even if you're distant in the executive level. So having that passion, every dish you put out, every dish you can talk about, like, I do it because of this. Yeah. Or you can bring a story back and say, okay, we started doing this, and we were failing, and this grandmother came in and helped us make pasta. Like, that, that means you loved it. Mm -hmm. You didn't see it just go away and like, okay, I'm quit, I'm done. It's not working out the way I wanted to. You loved it so much, you kept going. Things, people saw the love and now the love's growing and now you mm. built this culture to where not only the food speaks for it, but the environment. Like you can walk in a trolley bird right now and feel it. You can feel there's a certain love. Every time the food hits the table, you're like, okay, I know somebody put their fucking love into it. <laughs> and that's why I, you can see it, you can feel it, then you can taste it. And like, that's what keeps me going. Cause like, I know after a good meal, a really good solid meal, I'm like cheese from cheek to cheek. <laughs> like seriously, it's like, you can't stop. It's like being tucked in at night. <laughs> like seriously, y'all you you feel it. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's such a profound kind of like point of view. Like, yeah, I guess there's so much passion in, you know, cooking that I didn't realize for sure. But, um, yeah, so like, what is your dream 
um, or like, so what is your, do you, do you kind of have like a plan for, you know, next year, for the rest of this year leading up to next year? Yeah, what are you building? Yeah, what are you, yeah. I'm trying, I guess, build like a, kind of like a, an empire, so to say, Mm -hmm. attack at all angles. And um, my goal is to like, yeah, it's cool to do it on your own, but I'd love to be absorbed by a bigger Hmm. company that that gave me like carte blanche, that gave me like creativity, Mm -hmm. like the freedom to do what I want, but just give me money for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. Like, you know, build something with just me and a small team. Like they say, with with the Hot Plates and Grapes, it's only me and my friend Anthony. He's our director. That's my dude. Mm -hmm. It's just me and him right now. Nobody else I really want in that unless you want to pay me. And then give me like a more of a media thing. But yeah. at the end of the day, this is my, this is my East Boon Coon. Like, this is my dude. Like we roll together and like take us in, but let us do our thing also. Mm-hmm. Like believe in us enough to like give us the keys. And one is like notoriety as well. So once you get to notoriety, you start to be able to get more, more freedom with your own personal endeavors. Yeah. I created something that was, in, was absorbed. Now I can actually venture out and put money into my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can like, just at all angles, like I said, <laughs> be able to create my own, invest in something else, and make something more of myself. Yeah. Right. Get that Danny Meyer. I'm telling you, he had like over 16 restaurants. Like mm. half of them are hotels. He had a couple of food trucks, a couple of regular restaurants, but mm. he, he had all the levels. But now I'm trying to attack it at all different facets. Yeah. Cool. You, uh, so, like, what do you, f- I mean, we were like talking about this before we started recording, but like, yeah. Um, kind of like the whole cooking YouTube. Like, what do you think about cooking YouTube as like an institution, a culture? Oh man, he's, like, he's he is ready to go in. Yeah, but like, damn, that bad. I mean, I can't go too hard because they're killing it. They got millions of views. Yeah. They got sponsorship. They got money. Mm. What? My opinion is my opinion, but I really don't think there's a love factor into it. Right. They're kind of just cooking for the clicks, for the views. And a lot of people will tell you what they're cooking is wrong. Mm. It's all wrong. It's like, because there's people who come up through the kitchen world and they learn all the classics, learn all the correct cooking methods. And then you can execute your vision. Mm -hmm. Like learn the original vision and then you can do your own. These people are just skipping all the steps. They have the kitchen, they have the equipment, they have like the face, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they just start screaming stuff at you. And they're just like, this is how I do it. And people are like, oh, I'll do it. I, I saw it on YouTube. But it's like there's mm-hmm. a chef who can really show you the proper ways and explain it to you so where you never forget it. Mm-hmm. And then then you can make your own twist. You got the classic and then you can then make a rendition. But right. once you skip the classics, it's like I don't want to hear any of that. To me, yeah. it's just it's just I don't know. I guess coming from the culinary world, you see it in a different light because I know the the process behind it, you know the background of the story. And mm-hmm. to see it just kind of like thrown out the window for the right. sake of a for attention almost. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a slap in the face for those who clock in and like work 13 14 hour shifts for just sure. for the sole sake of a 20 dollar plate right to make two bucks off each plate that's it's kind of mm-hmm. wrong these people are making hundreds of thousands a month possibly i couldn't yeah. really tell you mm-hmm. just to cook something and throw it away yeah it's, it's just iffy to me yeah i mean mm-hmm. what are your what are like your examples of kind of like good cooking YouTube, like, what have you seen that, that you think is, like, legit? Yeah, the one that sticks out the most um, is was Bon Appetit, you know, rest in peace. Was, <laughs> was yeah, Bon Appetit. Yeah, it was. I mean, because they did exactly what I said. They they always showed love for the classics. Mm-hmm. They showed right. love for the, this is the how you do it. But then they say, okay, let's have some fun with it. Mm-hmm. They didn't weren't just all, like, work, no play. Yeah, yeah. They were able to mesh, mesh both, so therefore it got, like, the culinary world's attention and also, like, the kids' attention like just you know, the squirrel brain attention you know those type of people and then you got um 
Epicurious as well. Mm-hmm. I think they're pretty solid because one, they put people in the position of the chef. Like I've seen the videos, like 50 people try to core an avocado. <laughs> and it's just like, you'll literally die laughing because there's people who literally can't open an avocado, but then it's go, hard. but then go to, <laughs> it's not hard, bro. No, 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 no. Cutting one open is easy, but like core. You just slap it with a knife, twist it and you take it off. It takes it right out. Yeah. Maybe I just have like dull knives. Maybe that's like the problem. Maybe you do have dull I got knives. A you can even use a spoon and just yeah. pop it out. But, but I never get it clean because you see like the ones that are like super clean. Like I can get it out, but it's like, it's just, <laughs> you just like eat around clean. the pit then at yeah, that you point. You got to use it. So just serve the pit. Like, yeah. yeah. Like one scoop is like perfect. <laughs> I, I never do that. I can't get that. But like, yeah, continue. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's true though. It's like then people go to restaurants and they order avocado toast and they say oh, like they, they judge it. But it's like you yourself can't even open the avocado. Yeah. But yeah, you're yes, going to critique my flavor on the avocado. Interesting. Like you literally couldn't feed yourself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you want to critique me. Yeah. Inter- like, it's just interesting. I, I think sort of like in the same realm as like, you know, these like YouTube whatever, like chefs. Um, like how do you feel about like those like those cooking tools like that? Pit an avocado for you, or like that, cut up a banana. You know what I mean? Like, what's your take on those? Like, it's actually quite helpful. Yeah. Sometimes, like, there's things I need to like to resource for, like how do how do I use an acorn squash? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not gonna hit my chef up and ask how to use an acorn squash. He'd be like, "Yo, don't waste my time." Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, but I'm talking like specifically about like those tools that you buy like 99 cents or something that just like cut the whole banana like for you. So that's for people. I really I get that mm-hmm. because not everybody should use a sharp knife. <laughs> not everybody should use a mandolin. Not everybody should use the equipment that people are trained on. Right. So if you need assistance in cutting certain things, uh-huh. I get it. Like if you sprain your wrist and you just really can't cut that apple, like just use an apple. I get it. Use an apple core. Food processors, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Like they, they help cooking go faster because not everybody can do this. Like it's really hard to mince cilantro without bruising it. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to like cut a shallot perfectly. Sometimes you just throw it in a food processor and just hit mints. Right. That's all you need. Like if you, as long as you're doing it with love, that's it. Mm-hmm. So if you, hmm. if you need help with the processes, that's fine. But if you can do it rustic, do it rustic. But if you need assistance, use assistance. That's fine. Gotcha. I see no issue with that really. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. Universalizes everything, you know? Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. More accessibility in cooking. Yeah, well, sorry, but I didn't know that you could bruise a... Uh, cilantro? What, yeah, cilantro. Like what is it? What is it? Yeah, what does that even Like mean? if you chop, so if you chop your greens and they look nice and fresh and you just thin straight lines, oh. but if you see like a little like, like somebody tried to cut it, but they kind of missed, it seems oh. like, that like black, yeah. brown, oh, okay. that yeah. means it's bruised and the flavor is just a little iffy. Okay. It yeah. releases something odd, like yeah. it's not as pleasurable. It doesn't look as good and the flavor is not as clean for some mm. reason. It's like a lot of people, even like sashimi cuts, like you want to like cut it along a certain fiber. If oh, you cut yeah. it against a certain fiber, it doesn't chew the same. Oh. Couldn't tell you why, but they do, they can. And there's a reason behind everything. That's why when I see some of these chefs just throwing away all the technique just for the sake of a click, it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Like, have you watched the the Uncle Roger videos where he's critiquing the egg fried rice? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. Uncle, yeah. Yeah, that, that dude's chill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's so funny. <laughs> that guy's so fucking funny. He's so funny. What, what, like, are, are you using TikTok at all? No. I, I know the algorithm is crazy, though. I know it's like... Yeah. I they love food on TikTok. I know. I just... I, my mentality right now is my lane that I feel like I should stay in mm. is like dumb food, but professional. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like not dumb food. It's kind of a lack Simple. of a better term. Simple food, but like make it cost a hundred dollars. Mm. 
mm. the way you're talking about it. I think TikTok's just too quick for me. It's just, mm. you got to have like a yeah. team behind you making yeah. TikToks. I can't, I don't think I'm that creative. I can show you the steps. I can give some cool, like, snatchy catchphrases. Yeah. Make you giggle a little bit, but I'm just not that, I don't know. I just haven't really thought about it, even tried to structure content for TikTok. Yeah. I only have mm. the app so friends can send me, when they send it in group chats, like I don't have to go to the online website. We, uh, we, actually, we actually had something that went kind of uh, kind of viral on TikTok. We got like 1.6 million views. Whoa. Um, did you tell me this? I did tell you this. Remember the uh, the guy that there's like a video of like a guy trying to pull out a couch on the R train, it's like trying oh, to get it out. It's like thing, stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that shit's funny. Oh, How did he get it in? We'll like show you what after. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. My theory is that he probably brought it from like Coney Island because that's like the first stop on the R train that way. Oh. So I'm thinking. Right, but then it's like, but if you live on the Upper East Side, why the fuck would you go all the way to Long Island to get a free, uh, to Coney Island to get a free couch? That doesn't <laughs> make sense. Free is free. Free is free. I don't fucking know. But, but he, I, I, he, I'm he pretty sure he just moved couch. in. He just moved into the yeah. fucking Yeah, you think his homie called him and says, yo, man, I got a nice couch for you. You just got to come to Coney. Like, yeah. It's an hour and a half. No worries, but it's a nice couch. Yeah. At that point, I just call an Uber. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just too much, yeah. man. Yeah. Kind of like speaking about, so like, I want to know, like, what are some like obscure terms that you think? Like like within the cooking world, within like food prep, whatever tools stuff, like what what are some like interesting lexicon that like chefs use that they you know us us like normies would like never know about. <laughs> it's believe it or not the the culture I learned how to talk about food is just delicious, hmm. straight up. Yeah. It's really good because like once you start describing things, it starts becoming the power of suggestion. Mm. Just like with wine, oh it's. I really it's despise dry. like appley, grapey, like all the e's at the end of every word yeah. to describe things. Yeah. And it's just like, are you six? Like you can't, <laughs> you can't find a better adjective. And but a lot of chefs are when they explain, they say, okay, the structure mm-hmm. is really nice. So it makes you think, okay, structure. It's pretty much like how it's made. Mm-hmm. They say, I think the bite was this. Let's say right. describing pasta. Yeah, great structure. It's a really good bite, and the sauce sticks really well. Mm. So nothing like this wine is very uh, purpley. Right, yeah, but well, a lot of people will describe that. It's very purpley, grapey, mm-hmm. jammy, foresty, like barnyardy. It's like, just say it's like a barnyard. That doesn't sound good. But like barnyardy doesn't sound good either to me. Because yeah. like, oh, it's leaning towards the barnyard. Like, mm. Is there like horse poop in here? <laughs> hey, well, 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 like, aren't there like a certain, certain like, could be delicacy. Bean? Yeah, the, where, like, where like chipmunks poop them out and it makes it taste like. Like, you know, 10 times better. Like, I think of... Like I mean, there's certain areas in wine that there is some weird things going on in the soil that they will accredit it to. Huh. Like, I'm not trying to go into detail and ruin anybody's, like, appetite or yeah. their ideas on wine, but there's a couple places that they involve a lot of chickens. They sometimes involve, like, food compost. Okay. A lot of different things go into different style of wines these days because mm. everybody's... Like, the old way has been around for thousands of years. Right. Why not do something? People are getting bored. People are getting a little bored. But it's actually making good wine. So sometimes you just got to leave that mm-hmm. part of the story. Yo, I'm like, yeah. I'm like gotcha. way too in, interested in, in, um, in how like chickens kind of like relate to wine. Like how they help and you know, make oh, good we, wine. We shouldn't ruin anything for That's anybody. That's what I'm saying. Like we shouldn't. Really just tell us, yeah. tell us later. Tell us yeah, later. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess as we wrap it up, like how do you feel like New York City has changed you as a person? Man, it's made me a man, so to say. Hmm. Like I came in like a like a kid, even though I was 
20 some 20 plus years old right. i still came in feeling like i was 15 talking to people and everybody i'm just feel like i'm so like oh, like playful like mm-hmm. oh, like what are we doing tonight blah, blah, blah. everybody i'm with is professional they're like i'm going home i've worked tomorrow yeah and i was like oh okay so i guess i came in kind of jaded mm-hmm. thinking like new york's just party we work we play we work we play we work we play but it's like finding out it's like 80 percent work and like 20 percent play if and that 20 percent of play 10 percent is technically working yeah so even <laughs> in there you're just like only like 10 percent is actually for you yeah, to enjoy yeah. And then getting home is the home is the hardest part. <laughs> you do all that, and then like I still gotta get home. So you find a way to be more responsible. You start mm-hmm. putting your eggs in one more ba- like put all your eggs in one basket. Your ca- I now I'm using my calendar. Like I'm using a fucking calendar. My mom will be like so impressed with me right now. <laughs> like, people are asking me what about this day? What about that day? I'm busy. I'm busy. I think because like if I'm just flying by the seat of my pants, everything's just gonna go to hell. So right. New York's definitely made me a man in my sense. I can have control over my own time, myself my relationships mm-hmm. and I feel like my ex my growth is like exponentially increased within like the two and a half three years I've been here so like New York is if I'm if I'm gonna be here as long as you know whatever powers that be keep me here mm-hmm. I'll be here as long as I can because who knows what can happen in the next five years right awesome well awesome. Wh- wh- what would you want to leave with I want to leave with you know whatever you do just make sure you love it mm. seriously like don't waste your time trying to make money for somebody else or doing things for other people that don't make you happy. If right. you're just doing it for the sake of stability or mm-hmm. just the sake, the sake of just a means to an end, you should get out of it because your mental health is not gonna like do well for you. Just do something you love, even yeah. if it doesn't make you any money. As long as you love it, quality of life is everything. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I really for appreciate me. it. Yeah, for sure. Oh. <laughs> Anytime. Awesome. That's it. That's all you need. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <All right. laughs>